right, John, you're back from Denver. You are back from all of the exit interviews. Where do you want to start as we start a very intriguing offseason for the Timberwolves? Oh, where do I want to start? Um, I think let's start with this, and I wrote about this um, you know, to, uh, on Friday morning at The Athletic. You know, there are, as we talk to Tim Conley, as we talk to Chris Finch, as we talk to the players involved and and do a postmortem on this season, um, I think just the big picture, um, kind of as, as we look back on this was, I've, I've kind of, I was just struck by how hard this season was. Mm-hmm. And there's some interesting juxtaposition of that in that on, on the one hand to go 42 and 40 with your, one of your best players out for 50 games to make the playoffs for uh, the second year in a row for just um, for the first time since 2004 um, to get Anthony Edwards into a position to have that, that playoff experience, like all that was very good. Um, and it, in the context of a franchise that has historically been such a failure um, and such a dysfunctional and uh, a team you know, with with a lack of success. So those things are good. But I just was really struck by how difficult this was, I think, on everyone involved. Um, you could see throughout the season the sort of increased expectations the pressures to deliver with after making such a splash trade for Rudy Gobert, um, the everything just really made it not enjoyable at all. Despite the that that they that they did win some games, um, and and I think that the fans really had a hard time with this. I think that the players and coaches really wore it on their faces as well. And I mean, I felt it as well as I was as I was covering this this team all season long. Was that there was just a a a pressure and a lack of connection and cohesiveness that really made a, a season in which you know in the last in the context of the last twenty years, you would say, yeah, I would take that if I were a Timberwolves fan. No Timberwolves fans were taking that. Um, or I shouldn't say no, but a lot of Timberwolves fans weren't taking that. And I think it all contributed to just a a really grind of a season. And I think that everyone needs a break from it right now. And I was just kind of struck reflecting on it, just how how difficult it was. And um, and and now it's over, and now there's just so much to get into about where this team goes from here to try and improve on last season and try and maybe salvage the Rudy deal and, and, and look ahead to, to, to what's to come. I know from talking to Timberwolves fans and radio people and people around the state that uh, there continues to be great pessimism about the go bear trade about this season. I have a slightly different impression. I will offer that here in a second. See what John thinks. Do want to let you know, we are coming to you from the Aquarius home services studio. Thanks to TSR injury law. 
All Energy Solar, Head Flyer Brewing, and Manscaped, our producers, Brandon Morton. Best way to listen to this show or any show you like at the network, subscribe to your favorite podcast app. We also just did a Viking update show on the Vikings' first-round draft pick. Check that out. Jeff Diamond, uh, really good Shin Music show with Roy Smalley and Lavelle Neal on a very good Twins team that's going to be really interesting all year. Plus, outdoor content, variety content, check it all out. We do appreciate it. Uh, so, I think given expectations, this season was disappointment. Given the way Gobert, Gobert's general awkwardness mm-hmm. as a personality and a player uh, made this a difficult team to watch. Some of the personalities, some of the conflicts made this difficult to watch. I do feel like if you look at it realistically and you factor in Towns' illness that slowed things down to begin the year, Towns' injury, which kept them from all gelling in any meaningful way, then the injuries at the end of the year with Nas and Jade McDaniels being out, Kyle Anderson even being out for game five. I just, I tend to look at the last three games. They got their butts kicked the first two games against the number one seed, right? They're tired from playing two play-in games. Uh, they don't look competitive. The last three games of this series, I thought – they look pretty dangerous. They win game four at home. Great atmosphere. Terry, you know, Jimmy Jam and Terry Lewis, two of the great Minnesotans of all time, are there. Uh, it was kind of what a playoff is supposed to feel like. Anthony Edwards rose to the occasion. I also feel like the last three playoff games, Edwards, Towns, and Gobert all played really well, and they were all really efficient. So I think this was always going to be something of a building year. I think the injuries and other factors made it a difficult building year. I could still see this all working and this being a good team next year. Yeah, I mean, I I, I can see that um, as well, Jim. That Yeah, I think the challenge that the Timberwolves have is looking at those last three games, a relatively small sample size, and saying, is this the Timberwolves team that we can kind of bank on going into next season? Or was this... Just or, or or is the overall kind of more the larger sample of what we saw? And again, it wasn't super large, just given the injuries and everything. But is the larger sample the 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 one that you look at where it just it looked very clunky and it looked like it didn't fit together? And I think there was some encouragement to take away from those last three games, in particular, because we have had a lot of. Uh, examination of sort of the chemistry of this team, especially after the Gobert punch of Kyle Anderson. Um, when you look at how Anthony Edwards was trying to to work with these two bigs and 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 get them together, um, and it, you know it's clear that he does not yet have a trust in Gobert and, and working with him on the pick and roll offensively. And I think that there was kind of a larger assumption that there are chemistry issues in terms of how this team gets along together and whether they like each other or anything like that. And given how hard the Wolves fought over the last couple of games of that series, when it seemed like there was nothing to fight for, uh, they were overmatched. They had a bunch of guys out with injuries. They kept on losing games. Um, That tells me what I had kind of believed all season is that the chemistry of the team is actually not bad at all. Like I, I think that I don't think anyone hates Rudy Gobert in that locker room. I don't think that anyone um, is just like wants to wring his neck or anything like that. But I do think that they have to really take a look at this summer 
uh, are they going to be able to address kind of the 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 real on court issues and smooth those out to the degree that you can really rely on it for you know seventy games in a regular season you're going to miss guys every regular season that happens um, seventy games in a regular season and then into the playoffs you certainly saw glimmers of it are those glimmers enough for you to say yes we're pressing forward with this or do you have to say as Tim Connolly said very interestingly in his uh, end of season availability is that basically every decision that they make going forward is going to be to make sure that they maximize Anthony Edwards. Maybe that is with Carl Anthony Towns and Rudy Gobert together, but maybe it isn't. And so that's going to be the thing that we follow the most this summer is how much do they believe that the two bigs can help Anthony Edwards be as good as he can be because the silver lining in all of these struggles is that forever and ever they've been looking for a number one guy and now they absolutely have a number one guy. Fascinating. Absolutely fascinating. Um, so again, in my conversations with the Timberwolves fans, I've been, I've been around the Vikings. I've been around the twins. I've been around other teams. I talked to people out state on radio stations. Every person I talked to John, the first thing they bring up is Carl Anthony Towns whining to the officials. Mm -hmm. It is the, it is, it's, People complain about the weather, then they complain about Carl Anthony Towns whining to the officials. Mm -hmm. I, I know it's unsightly, but I'm trying to I'm trying to find out whether I should give it any legitimacy at all because you know Draymond Green is the worst complainer in the NBA. He's far worse than Towns, and he's won four rings, and no Warrior fan wants to get rid of him. You know, I mean, I I almost think it's just the easy thing to talk about, but I'm going to ask you. Is it really an overarching problem or is it just the easy thing to complain about? I, uh, I, I will tell you this, Jim, um, the discourse around Carl Anthony Towns has frustrated me for a long, long time. Yeah. Um, the, now, I will fully acknowledge, especially earlier in his career, even maybe even last season a lot, um, yes, I think that he complained too much to referees. Um, I think that that was a problem. Um, I think that sometimes he let a, uh, a an impression that he was getting the raw end of the deal uh, really affect some of his on court play, um, and 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 you could see that frustration in his play, and it sped him up. And you know, stray voltage is the term that is used a lot with Carl Anthony Towns, and there was some of that. But I also think that it's become a bit of a tired trope because if you watched Carl Anthony Towns, especially after he came back from his injury, I don't think that he, him complaining to officials was really a problem at all. I think he did a great job of con controlling his emotions. Um, I think that there were a few times maybe where he wanted a foul call in the playoffs and maybe some of them, there were fouls that should have been called and some of them there weren't. Um, but in general, I thought he was much more mature over the last 20 games of the season and into the playoffs um, than he had been previously. And, and so I think that there are just people out there who just really love to rag on this guy. And you know, he did not play well for a lot of the series. He is making a lot of money. He's the face of the franchise. So he has to wear some of that responsibility and he has to own it. But I just think that in general for his uh, level of talent and for his consistency and for the fact that he 
above any other Timberwolves player has been willing to speak publicly uh, in good times and bad, has represented the organization well, um, and has like um, has also dealt with an unbelievable amount of BS uh, with this organization, with all of the changes in the front office and the coaching staff with the Jimmy Butler's situation with you know some of the um bad draft picks and 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 bad trades and and all of these things like he's dealt with all of that and he keeps coming back and so i think that there's just a lack of appreciation overall for who carl anthony towns has been for this team and yes he has not been good enough to like single-handedly um overcome a lot of the dysfunction of a franchise and deliver a consistent winner some like you know like steph has been or lebron on or Giannis or he's not that level player like that's that's absolutely indisputable but I I just think that too many people look very too much into like how he answers a question in a press conference or um how he interacts with officials and stuff and 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 they let that cloud their evaluation of who he is as a player and and so I thought that you know, he was great this series in terms of understanding that Anthony Edwards was taking over and he was just going to kind of shift into more of a secondary role, more of a number two or a 1B than the 1A. And how many other faces of the franchise who have been with their organization for eight years would do something like that? So I just think that people do not recognize sort of some of the 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 qualities that Carl Anthony Towns has as a person um, and, and as a player, just because they have some preconceived notions about um, some things that he did earlier in his career um, and, and the lack of success overall of this organization with him here. And so it's always been a little bit of a frustration of mine, but um, I don't think that's changing anytime soon. Unfortunately, it's just kind of the way that it is with him. And I think it's kind of unique um, when you look at some of the really good players in this league and how they are talked about and how they are evaluated. Agree completely. So my next question for will be to you will be, is there any chance of them trading him? Uh, we'd, first, though, we do want to thank TSR Injury Law, our longest-running sponsor, 612-TSR Time. You know the drill. Uh, they will not charge you unless they win your case. They win so many cases, they become a great Minnesota success story. Started off as a very small business. Now they are a very large, successful business because they help people. 612-TSR-TIME. 612-TSR-TIME. Just remember that if you are injured, they are the people who can help you the most. Uh, let's hear from John on Head Flyer Brewing. Head Flyer Brewing, Northeast Minneapolis. They had their sixth anniversary party last weekend. They had some, you know, had some bands, food. Great beer. The party is not there anymore, but the great beer, the great swag, the great people of Head Flyer Brewing are there all summer long. And so you can stop into Head Flyer Brewing, grab yourself a crunch time, uh, Blue Moon style beer that that uh, has my name on the can. Um, really cool thing that Neil and and everyone over at at Head Flyer Brewing did for for me and for Talk North um, as it, with our partnership. So you can grab one of those. You can grab a Wicked Jump Shot. You can grab a It Was All a Dream, Juicy IPA. Like there's there's a, a, a beer or a seltzer or a, you know, uh, for, for anyone at Head Flyer Brewing. And it's a great place to hang out. Bring your friends. Bring your dog on a nice uh, weekend when we actually get nice weather around here. Tell them John Krasinski sent you and you will not regret it. 
John Krasinski's name on a head flyer beer can. That is uh, talked about TSR injury law being a great story. That's a great story. That's so cool. I uh, want to let you know that, hey, we all need to be getting greener, right? Solar panels are the only home improvement project that pays for itself. So you know, not, you're not just doing the right thing. You're doing something that benefits you. It's a great combination. Learn more about going solar this spring at All Energy Solar's free webinar by visiting allenergysolar.com slash webinar. And a reminder, you can find more at the website. Want to save money on your solar install? Find out what incentives you could qualify for at allenergysolar.com slash coach. So short short answer, go to allenergysolar.com. You'll find everything you need to know. Let's hear from John on Manscaped. The NFL Draft is here, and the most exciting prospect is the prospect of being perfectly groomed head-to-toe with our friends at Manscaped. Manscaped has long had elite downfield play with their Lawnmower 4.0, but in 2023, they have the rookie sensation Beard Hedger to ensure the face of your franchise is a pretty one. This one-two punch of men's grooming is the best acquisition for any at-home GM. So go to manscaped.com and save some salary cap with our code ATHLETIC for 20% off, plus free shipping. This year, Manscaped can help you make the sexy pick without forgetting about your big uglies up front. That's right, the Beard Hedger and Lawnmower 4.0 are a franchise-changing combo that will have you looking at your roster with pride. Everyone who saw the Super Bowl knows that what can happen with poorly managed grass. That type of ball-playing field quality would never happen with the Lawnmower 4.0. This elite electric trimmer is a lock for first-round talent. Just look at its explosive talent with RPM. With all that power, the lawnmower is still the most uh, is still the excuse me. With all that power, the lawnmower is still the most nibble on the field with the skin safe technology that reduces your nicks and snags while making all the right cuts on hair. In the season of trimming the roster, Manscaped will make sure you're cutting all the right players and not any important pieces to your D. Plus, its titanium tough blades and single stroke efficiency can have you going from a bushy Matt Patricia to a sleek Sean McVay in no time. If you haven't upgraded your grooming tools already, head to Manscaped for a champion's worth roster reset. Get 20% off and free shipping with the code athletic at manscaped.com. That's 20% off with free shipping at manscaped.com and use the code athletic. I'm starting to think the Manscaped ad should be its own separate podcast. We might, we might be. It's, it's, it's certainly long enough. That's for sure. I think we're going to have to work on that. Uh, <laughs> is there any chance of the Wolves trading Carl Hootie Towns this summer? Um, I, I, you know, I, as we say, sit right now and we, we talked to Chris Finch and, and Tim Connolly, um, just, just on Thursday, there was clearly a belief among them that to your point, Jim, if they just stay the course here, they, and, and get some health this summer and into training camp, they believe that this configuration with the two bigs and with Anthony Edwards can work and and work very well. Um, that may be foolish. That may be in error. Or maybe that's the right thing. And maybe this team just needs some consistency and continuity that they did not get this year. And they can take advantage of that. Um, so that's their stance right now. And the... the but the, th- the the reason they're taking that stance could be twofold. One is that they really do believe in it, that they just think that they had some bad luck and that if you put all these pieces together, it will work out just fine and ke- if, as long as you keep them healthy. Two, a, a full another full year with Rudy Gobert 
and having everyone really understand um, what he does as a defensive player, how you need to help him offensively will get more out of Rudy than they got this season. But three came even more than the more cynical approach might be that, Hey, even if they wanted to trade these guys, um, they are, they would be dealing at a diminished value for either one of them. Rudy with three years and $130 million and coming off of a season in which he was just fine, but not great. Um, you're not going to be able to get anything really for him. If you decide to pull the plug on that with Carl, I do believe that you could get a good package of picks and players in return for him. But because he was dealing with the injury for much of the season, because he didn't play very well in the playoffs. Um, I do think that his value is slightly lower than it would be had he been healthy all season and had he played better in the playoffs. You could have really gotten a big haul for him um, in that in in that situation. And right now, you know, you might be able to find a, a, a team that that just falls in love and wants to do something like that. But I think the likelihood of the Wolves being blown away by an offer for Towns is a little bit lower. And so I'm not saying that they absolutely will not trade him. Um, I'm not saying that they wouldn't consider an offer if it came across their desk. But I do think that the likelihood is that they remain together here going into next season for all of the above reasons um, rather than, you know what? They saw what they saw, and it's time to pull the plug, and it's time to rebalance the roster, and Towns is really the the best asset that they have to move. So that's a long-winded answer to say, I think that it's not impossible that the Wolves would at least consider uh, uh, offers for Towns, but they do not want to trade him, and they you know, the, the likelihood of a godfather offer coming in for him is probably a little bit lower. So all of those signs kind of point to them holding the status quo and going forward as is and trying to just kind of cross your fingers and hope that when they come to training camp next year, Towns isn't really sick and missing all this time. Rudy hasn't played internationally and isn't a little banged up and they can all play together and then they can hit the ground running in 23-24 um, more so than uh, than they did this last season. Finally on this, Jim, um, I do think that you could see a scenario where if we're talking at this time next year, it might be a more um, viable conversation because they will be staring down the barrel of luxury tax payments going into 24-25. And that might prompt them if this team does not really take off next year to consider much bigger, more groundbreaking deals to uh, lighten their financial burdens and balance the roster a little bit. But they don't have those concerns going into next season, which gives them a little more financial flexibility to, to ride this out a little bit more and see if they can just find an answer to what wasn't clicking from a schematic standpoint and see if that works. Good answer. I think you were right about everything when it comes to Cat and this Wolves team. I just think we have to give them another year to see what happens. Uh, and the th here's the thing about the luxury tax, though, John. 
if Mark Lurie needs more money, all he has to do is build a floating city in the clouds. That's right. $10 billion. I don't know why there's an impediment there. It's, it's all right there for him. I mean, the blueprint is there and, um, the, 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 the cash flow that will be created from such a, such an enterprise is like, is boundless. So, um, I'm looking I mean, forward a floating to floating city in the clouds with Alex Rodriguez signing autographs. I mean, how does that not make you $10 billion? I can't wait to visit that place and maybe oh, do some interviews there and stuff. Oh, yeah, we will you're, not be allowed. Right. It's not for us, John. This is for the <laughs> the elite of the elite. This is we we can write about it from 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 Earth. Yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah. I guess we'll we'll need some sort of telescope or some sort of uh, you know. I hope the Wi-Fi works up there. Is all I'm going to say. So. You know, it would be a good sign if the floating city in the clouds has good Wi-Fi. <laughs> I, will, I will admit to that. Uh, let's get to, I'm going to we're save our Nas discussion, our deeper roster discussions for another day. We're going to have a lot of time to discuss all kinds of possibilities here this summer. Uh, for today, let's just get to one newsy item that is probably only going to be relevant this week. Uh, Anthony Edwards flips a chair, hits a couple of women, uh, security guards, uh, might have to go to Colorado for uh, to be charged in this. I don't want to overplay this. I don't think it was a malicious act. I also don't want to underplay it because he shouldn't have done it. Where, how how do you uh, categorize this little uh, this? What's the word uh, incident? I guess is the best word. Yeah, it. You know, this has been very interesting last couple of days because. Um, I had heard a little something coming out of the arena on Thursday, like, "Hey, Aunt may have." may have thrown a chair or something. I was trying to look into it and there was, I couldn't really find any evidence for it yet, or I didn't know who to talk to very much about it. Um, but then, so it would have been Wednesday that these reports start to come out and the initial reports quote, you know, um, law enforcement sources on anonymous sources saying that Anthony Edwards picked up a chair and swung it at two right. people and hit them and and then you know was was charged with assault and you're first of all you're thinking oh boy that does not sound good no but what i said right away was always beware of anonymous law enforcement sources yes um and so when you see the video of it come out anthony edwards is running by and there's a chair in his way and he kind of like tosses it aside um, as he's running off the court because he's very frustrated about missing the last shot that would have tied the game and sent it into overtime. And he's frustrated about um, being eliminated uh, from the playoffs. And um, I cannot see in the video exactly for sure if it hit someone or where it hit them or how or whatever. But one thing that is clear is that Anthony Edwards just was like swiping it out of the way and um certainly was not picking it up and swinging it at someone or yeah. or being malicious in that way now it, on the flip side of it the statement that anthony edwards lawyer gives out says that anthony merely picked up the chair walked three steps and set it to the side <laughs> and that probably isn't exactly a complete lie what happened either so we're seeing statements on opposite ends of this spectrum um but my overall impression is that you look at what happened there that is not assault like that is not no. something that anthony edwards had any intent on hurting anyone on doing anything should he have done it no he he, he shouldn't have done it 
um, as as he as he ran off the court. It was um, it was a 21 year old who was hot and didn't control his emotions. There, it was a mistake. But to paint it as some sort of malicious act, absolutely not. Also, to paint it as he was just merely picking it up and just setting the chair aside so his other teammates didn't get you know uh, trip over it or something like that. That that didn't quite happen either, but. All in all, I don't think this is a big deal. I think it will be resolved one way or another um, without much issue. And um, we can kind of go into the offseason not really having to worry about it too much. This does give, if anybody's curious, this should give you great insight into the job of a reporter. <laughs> yes. Take lies from both sides, <laughs> parse them, pare them down, and figure out where the truth, if any, lies. It's uh, yeah, it, it is a it is a constant um, interpretation of perspectives, if we can uh, oh, you're so be kind. kind about this. And uh, and so, I, yeah, it's uh, it is entertaining nonetheless. But but I will say this, at least with Edwards, his attorney is on record and saying yep. this publicly. And it's from a someone who you can call and you can ask questions about. Um, I felt that the painting of it from the quote unquote, law enforcement sources right away was really irresponsible um, and really was designed to make this thing look really bad and to really smear Anthony Edwards. Um, and uh, and I thought that that was completely uncalled for. And um, and again, like that's why right away when I read it, it was like, hmm, let me really like look into this before I jump to any conclusions because we have seen time and time again over the years in many, many uh, different uh, incidents that these kinds of sources uh, are usually full of it. Good way to end. Good stuff, John. Uh, again, we very obviously left a lot of meat on the bone. We're going to get to Nas. We're going to get to Jalen Noel. We're going to get to Jordan McLaughlin. Roster adjustments, Conley's fit, all these other things. Uh, but today, I just want to do a good season-ending uh, show. Thanks to John for that. Thanks to Brandon. Once again, from the Aquarius Home Services Studio, this is TalkNorth.com. Mm-hmm.